0: Sometimes I can have a real one-track mind. If I get my my mind set on doing something or in accomplishing something or something that I've got to get done, I, I tend to get really bad tunnel vision. I mean, I just really focus on what it is that we've got to accomplish, what it is we're trying to do, and, and sometimes I can, I can just get so focused on that one thing that I kind of forget, you know, other things. I, I don't know if you're like that, but I can just get real bad tunnel vision, real bad focus on something, and just kind of go after it with everything, and then forget the other things that I was supposed to be f- focusing on in that process. We had some, some tech stuff this week I was working on in the church office, and I kind of said, okay, I'm, I'm going to, whatever I got to do, I'm going to finish. This, even if it drives me and everyone that I love, everyone that I work with crazy, I'm gonna finish this. You know, I'm real bad about tunnel vision that way. A couple years back, I'm I'm a a coffee drinker. I I love I love coffee. I'm both I'm both an addict and a snob um, at the same time. You know, I I grew up. Me and Tim were talking about this week. I grew up Maxwell House. That's what I grew up drinking. Mama bought Maxwell House. So if I'm going to to the store to buy coffee, I'm gonna buy Maxwell House. Some of y'all are gonna buy Folgers. Some of y'all are gonna buy Community. Some of you're gonna buy other brands. But if you grew up in a family that drank coffee. You have a brand that you kind of instinctively are drawn to. Now, I'll drink Folgers. I'll drink Community. I'll chew the coffee grounds. I don't care, whatever. I just need caffeine. And one year, one year for Lynn, I gave up coffee. And um, on Friday, me and the Lord had to have a conversation. I said, Lord, you know I love you. But without coffee, I'm no good to you. So so we had to change that up and do something else. But um. I love coffee. You know, I'm a coffee snob. I'll go, there's a place in Hasburg I'd go to and I'd get their coffee at the depot in downtown. You know, you'd walk in the door and it would say, this blend has a hint of citrus and cocoa. And I'd go, ooh. So I'd, 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 I'd float around and drink it. I'd float around and, oh yes, I taste. I taste the buttery flavors and I taste the citrusy. I didn't taste nothing. I was just being pretentious. I didn't taste a single thing. I tasted caffeine. That's all I was worried about. But at one point, a couple years back, about seven or eight years ago, I had my mind set. I knew the coffee pot that I needed to have, and I wanted it so bad. And I, I, I saved and bargained with my my accountant, Miss Stoddard, and I said, "Okay, we can. It's what I want. I'll sell this." And it was, I, it was fancy. It was. It, it, in the coffee pot, you'd get, you'd get your, bat, your, your beans the night before, and you'd scoop over your beans. You'd lovingly scoop over your beans, and you'd put them in the basket, and then you'd set your timer. And then at, at 5 in the morning, it would, it would suck the beans from the, from the container, and it would shoot them over to the grinder. And it would grind your coffee, and then it would deposit them in the filter, and it would cut on. And every morning, you'd wake up to freshly ground and brewed coffee, and it sounds so delightful, doesn't it? except for five in the morning when it cuts off and it sounds like an airplane taking off. <laughs> and all you hear is, like, we're under attack. What's going on? You know? So, but I, I, I got it and I was so happy and oh man, I got my coffee pot and it was just great. I got it. And for like a month, it was awesome. And then I moved on to what was next. What was the next thing that I was going to get that was going to make me happy? Happy with it for about a month. And then I thought, oh, boy, I need that now. You know, sometimes in our life, we're so busy focusing on what is the next thing we need to make us happy. That we're never actually happy, are we? We're so busy focusing on what's next that we don't take the time to actually enjoy the things that God has given us today and actually live in the moment that He has granted us now. We're so worried about what we'll do next to be happy that we're never actually happy. You know, when I'm old enough to drive, then I'll be happy, or oh, I'm old enough to get my car, then I'll, then I'll be happy. When I graduate from high school, then I'll be happy. When I go to college, then I'll be happy. When I, when I, when I get married, then I'll be happy. When I, we have kids, then I'll be happy. When I, I get that promotion to that position, then I'll be happy. When we saved enough to retire, then I'll be happy. We pay for the house, then I'll be happy." When the grandkids move closer, then I'll be happy. When I moved where the grandkids are, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. We spend so much time worrying about the next thing. It's going to make us happy. But sometimes we're never actually happy in the moment God has given us. You know, in the text today, we see Paul draw a comparison, don't we? We see Paul talk about them, the world. Their God, he says, their God's the belly. Their God is the desires of this earth this thing that they desire and they chase after this thing and they want this thing and they desire whatever it is we all have a have a this don't we boy when i get this it could be Something physical, a possession. It could be a status. It could be financial. It could be the success of your children. It could be whatever. We all in our minds say, boy, boy, when I get this, when, when this happens, when we get to this point, then it will all be great. We all have that, that thing that we desire, that this. Paul says the God of this age, they, they, they're chasing after their, their this they're this but not so for you not so for us Paul says be imitators of me who we know that our eyes are fixed upon heaven when we await a savior who will be Christ and who will save us from our sins and restore us and actually give us something worth living for I think that's the for me there's a lot of differences between the world and the gospel. But here's what I think the greatest difference might be is the law the world tells us. To live by its mind is to always want more and more and more. And it's always about you and getting your stuff and your desires and your goals and your whatever and living for you. And if we ever get, if we can ever just get what we want, then we'll be happy. It's about what I want, what I desire, what I want, and I, we consume and we take and we want it because we're, we're, chasing, we're chasing that happiness. We're buying into what the world tells us, that our happiness is found in this stuff, and so we want more of it, and yet we, we, we finally get it, and then but we're never actually happy with it. When we finally grasp it, It doesn't fulfill like we think it will fulfill. Think about that Christmas present that you just had to have. That anniversary gift that you really wanted. That birthday present. Think about how much you wanted it. Where is it now? Where is it now? If you're like me, I'm a geek. I mean, I love. I'd buy a new iPhone or a new phone every day if I could. Like, if I get a new phone every day, I do it. I love toys. I love toys. Men don't change; our toys just get more expensive. I love geeky stuff. I love. I, I. I love all these gadgets. Oh my gosh, I love them. Love them to death. They're great. I love. I love those kind of toys. If you go to our house, go to our closet, you'll find on top of one of my closet shelves a computer bin. And that's where old cell phones go to die. It's my junk drawer. I got every manner of phone and every manner of cable cord and every manner of electronical contraption. You can imagine that, boy, when I finally got it, I was so happy. Ooh, I finally got this Palm Pilot. Ooh, boy, aren't I fancy. Yeah, When I was in the Delta, I literally, my belt, I had a Palm Pilot, I had a keyboard, I had a beeper, I had something else. Like, I was like Inspector Gadget. It was awesome. I mean, like Batman with all my stuff in my belt. They said I couldn't walk outside in the rain. I'd get electrocuted in the rain. I had so many gadgets in my belt. So I had these things that now collect dust on top of my closet. what the world tells us, doesn't it? Woo. You just get this. You'll be happy. Y'all, I'll make you a promise. I promise you right now, on this day, if in your life you live only for yourself and only for your desires and only for your wants and only for what you can get, I promise you this, you will be you will be miserable you live only for yourself and for what you want and you desire i promise you you'll be miserable you may gain it but you'll gain it by yourself because you'll push away everybody that loves you see that's the thing that the world tells us is we get what we want we get our stuff We get our desires, and those things will fulfill us. But that's the lie of the world. Those things don't fulfill you. You know what fulfills you? You know what makes you happy? The stuff that actually matters. The stuff of family and faith and friends. These relationships that God has given us are actually where life is found, not in the stuff of this world. By the way, y'all, I love stuff. I mean... I'm, I'm a geek. I like toys. But we can never, C.S. Lewis says this, never find your happiness in something that you can lose. Never find your happiness in something that you can lose. For I'm convinced that nothing can separate from the love of God in Christ. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor demons, nor principalities, nor anything to come can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The world tells us one more thing. One more thing, and then you'll be happy. One more thing, and then you got it. One more, whatever it is. We've all got that one thing that if we can ever just get our hand on it, then we think, aha, I finally got it. Whatever it is, we all have an it. If I can ever get that, then, then I'll finally be happy. The world tells us, yes, that's it. If you get that, then you're great. And then we finally get it. We find that happiness eludes us then. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I I, I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me. It is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The world tells us it's this that makes us happy, and Jesus says, no, it's not that. That's all well and good. Hear me, y'all. I'm not saying stuff is bad. I like stuff. Paul says... It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. You know, the reason why the love of money is the root of all evil is because it replaces God in the throne of our hearts. Jesus says, You won't find your life in that. You'll find your life in me. And when we find our life in Him, we find that no matter where we are, if we have everything life is grand. If we have nothing, life is grand. Because our life is not found by the stuff that we can lose, but our life is found in the one thing that is certain, Jesus Christ and his love for you. That is where life is found. You ever heard of a monkey trap? You know what that is? A monkey trap is something they use in South, South America. It's a, um, it, they use it to Catch monkeys. I know it's a very creative name they use. Um, it's a log. And this log has a little hole in it. And inside the hole, they put some treats. So some, you know, whatever monkey's like. If they put coffee, it'd be a preacher trap. You know, you stick your hand in there. And you, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. So the monkey will see. Here's the catch with the monkey trap, though. The monkey can get his hand down the hole. In and out, no problem. However... When the monkey grabs the treat, tries to get his hand out the hole, he can't get it out. So as long as he has his hand grasped around the treat, he can't get out. He's trapped. But the moment he lets go of that treat, he can slip right out and go on to freedom, go and do monkey things, you know? But as long as he has his hand around that thing that he thinks he wants... He's trapped. Y'all, our life is full of monkey traps, isn't it? They're everywhere. They're all over, promising us life. And we grab our hand in the hole, we think we got it, we grabbed it, we got it, we're good. Life is good, we got it, but yet we feel stuck. We can't escape. We don't feel free. We feel like we got everything, but yet we feel in a prison. Because we grabbed on to something that looks like life, but isn't. And the only way we find life is to let go of that and cling on to Jesus. Because only he is life. Only he is hope. Only he is peace my hope is built on nothing left less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on jesus name that's it y'all that's life we spend all of our life chasing after whatever's next And sometimes we never truly grasp on to that which is life. And that's Jesus. Through Jesus, he brings life to all things. All things. Affluence and nothing. It's all alive because of Jesus. Without Jesus, no matter what you have, you're going to always be lacking you're going to always be looking. You're going to always be seeking that what's next. Today, what do you desire? Where your heart is. Where your treasures, there will be your heart also. Today, where is your mind at? Is this fixed on the stuff of this world? That looks so tempting. The lo- stuff of this world looks so tempting. But it's just a monkey trap. How is your eye fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who promises you life and life abundant? Today, where is our heart at? Let's pray.